Let's talk about people pleasing, where it comes from, what it's all about, and what happens when people pleasers become weakless. Let's go. Self-care isn't easy. It requires doing hard things. Being uncomfortable is mandatory. It's not for the weak, and it's not for the fragile. But that's okay. We don't mind. Because we are weakless. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to A Moment of Weakless. This is episode number 26. And this week, we're going to continue where we left off last week. Last week, we started talking about the performance life in this series that I'm doing that I think might be maybe one more episode where we're talking about becoming weakless, self-care, and other people, how other people affect those things directly and indirectly. And in last week's episode, in that performance life thing, we talked about all the ways that we can live our lives as if they're a performance, constantly considering everybody else and everybody else's opinions, what we think other people want us to be, what they want us to do, what they want us to say, and forming our own opinions of ourselves based on everything that we think the world wants from us and how, well, that's just a really awful way to live a life. But this week, we're going to continue in that same vein and talk about people-pleasing, which is another thing that's just super, super common in my career and the women that I work with. It's just extremely common to find women who try really hard not to make any waves and also try really hard to do whatever they think will make the people around them happy. So they're constantly thinking, what would make this person approve of me? What would make them feel good? And they're basically mind reading and usually getting it wrong because it's not that they're doing things that make people unhappy. It's just they're doing things that people don't notice or don't care about. So they're going out of their way to try to impress, I guess, or they think that they can control other people's happiness, which we'll talk about in a moment. But all of this stuff comes from low self-worth. It only comes from a couple of different things, and both, both of them are based on low self-worth. And one of them is that I don't really like myself very much, so I'd rather just use myself as a resource for you. And that is fairly common with moms and women with families. And that's how people who are people pleasers will tend to treat people that are really close to them, that they love dearly. But most of the time, the people pleasing that's going on is about approval. It's, I don't really like myself that much, and I need to make you like me. So it's not just that performance life thing that we talked about last time. It's more active and direct. So it's this person, not just at large, I need to look good, but this person is right here in front of me. And there are things that I can do to assure myself that this person thinks that I'm good. So I'll at least be able to walk away going, okay, that person probably likes me. And I'm going to take a very active role in that. So what can I do? Well, first off, you know, never tell them no. Try to jump to some sort of conclusion about what it is that they want from me and then go an extra 10% beyond that. And like I said before, oftentimes that stuff's about guessing. You don't really know. People aren't saying exactly what they want you to be. And you're guessing and trying to go out there and achieve even more than that. But you started with a guess. And it's interesting how people pleasers 
are trying to morph themselves to whatever situation they're in that might get the most approval from the person that they're talking to. But sometimes they're just stuck. Like I've talked to people that are such huge people pleasers and I knew they were from coaching and interaction that we'd had in the past. And then I would talk to them on the phone, for example, and I'm just picturing a deer in headlights because they're just stuck. They're trying so hard to figure out what they think I want them to say and give me the right answers rather than like actually getting coaching from me and telling me all the things that they're struggling with. They're trying so hard not to say the wrong thing and to be the teacher's pet and just get it all right. And that's oftentimes what their posts will look like in, for example, in Diligent Mind Self-Care, my membership group. They're just constantly trying to come off like they already know the answers or keep their mouth shut and wait until I say something and then just jump in and be agreeable. And it's hurting them. It's hurting them because, well, in a situation like that, they're not getting the coaching they could be getting. But it's hurting them because if they're acting like this everywhere else, and of course they are, they're never really able to figure out who they are. They spend their entire lives trying to figure out who everybody else wants them to be. And there are different people coming in and out of their lives. So they end up with this sort of nebulous sense of self that's mostly just negative. It's like, I don't like me and I don't really know what I would want to be or who I would want to be if I took all of these other people's opinions out of it. And so all this people pleasing leads to this place where very many people pleasers have a really hard time describing what they would want their lives to look like if you said, tell me exactly what you want out of your life and do that without mentioning a single other person, or at least without mentioning a single other person's feelings or opinions. And I've had this conversation many times in coaching and just watched people struggle. They can't. Like somebody's in a relationship that kind of sucks and you're going, what do you want? What would your relationship look like if it was perfect? Maybe don't even picture the person that you're with. Just picture the perfect relationship and they just flounder and cannot describe the relationship that they would want to be in. However, if I go, oh, wait, you have a 15-year-old daughter? What would be the perfect relationship for her to be in when she's getting ready to get married? What is your dream for her in that regard? And they'll just eloquently paint this beautiful picture. Oh, I want them to have this person who cares about them in this way and does these things for them and that they feel this way about and they can just draw it all out for you. But a moment ago, talking about themselves, I could not get them to do that without mentioning the spouse that they're currently with. And the entire situation, well, you know, I would like to, but he would probably never. And, and then I have to jump in and go, no, stop, stop. Just tell me what you want. And they just start to sputter and, and the engine stalls because it's so hard for them to describe what they want without thinking about what other people in the world want them to want or how other people will be affected by what they want. And these are the same people that you can always get to stay up late with you or eat a bunch of junk food with you because they won't tell you no. I've literally been told by people pleasers, if a friend asks me to eat junk food with them, I always will because I don't want to make them uncomfortable. 
make them uncomfortable. What are you seriously? Discomfort comes from people not eating junk food with you. Really? Is that where your discomfort comes from? You're uncomfortable most of the time because I mean, you can eat all the junk food you want, but it's really uncomfortable when somebody doesn't eat it with you. That's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. And this is the logic that people pleasers can tell themselves. They're the ones that have to be drinking at a party because everybody else is drinking. They're the ones that have to have some of the birthday cake because they can't say, you know what? I'm not eating any cake right now. I just, cake hasn't been making me feel good. I'm working on trying to feel better. I'm working on trying to get healthier. They cannot say that because somebody's feelings might be hurt. Somebody made that cake. They're going to be devastated if you don't eat it. It's this kind of behavior that just holds these people back because every decision has to be made while considering other people. And sure, some decisions do involve other people, but the huge majority of self-care decisions don't have anything to do with anybody else because the word self is right in the title and you're roping people in. If you're a people pleaser, you're pulling people in and acting like these things affect everybody. And if you flip the roles, you realize that, I mean, you don't feel that way at all. I was talking with somebody the other day who was going to be visiting with friends and some family, and they were all getting an Airbnb together. And these people were all going to be making pancakes for dinner one night. And my client didn't want to eat pancakes, but she, and you know, to be perfectly honest, I can't remember if she didn't end up eating the pancakes, but regardless, I said, what would you do if one of your friends said, you know what? I really don't want to eat any pancakes. Just since you're going to be making bacon too, just make a bunch of extra bacon and, or I'll come make the bacon and I'll just have a few extra slices of bacon. Cause I really don't want to eat any pancakes. What would you do if the roles were reversed and your friend said that? I know exactly what you'd do. You'd go, well, what else can we make you? You know, if you don't want to eat pancakes, uh, let's, I'll go dig through the fridge. What else would you like? Or, you know, would you like to make something for yourself? It's really no skin off my back. I mean, I don't care if you don't eat the pancakes. How else can I help you have a good meal? That's exactly what virtually all of us would do. But somehow we think our friends are a bunch of judgmental jerks that are going to hate us for saying something like that. Despite the fact that, you know, I guess we're the only good people on the planet that would step up and do something kind like what I just described. People pleasers can't flip that role because they're busy thinking, oh, I will always bend over backwards to make everybody else happy, but nobody should bend over backwards to make me happy, so I can't make any waves. And right there, I just said it. I just said what the real problem is here. People pleasers think that they can make people happy. They think that other people make other people happy, that humans are wandering around the world making each other happy. And that's a bunch of nonsense. People can make you elated. You know, somebody comes and hands you the keys to a brand new car. You will be elated. That's not happiness. That's a temporary thing. It feels really good, then then it wears off. And most people think that elation is happiness and spend their entire lives chasing the next thing. That's sort of the problem with the whole pursuit of happiness thing that we've done in the Western world that has probably caused more depression and more unhappiness than virtually anything else. And why so many third world countries get rated as being happier than us here in America, like Mexico, for example, is just consistently happier than the United States, according to the psychologists. And 
that pursuit of elation is probably the big problem that we are out there running around trying to find the next thing. And before I get too far off track here, it is what makes us think that things and people make us happy. So you think you can make somebody else happy through your actions by things you say or don't say or do or don't do that that can make somebody happy. And that's nonsense. Happiness will always be the responsibility of the person who is feeling the happiness or not feeling the happiness. It is an individual responsibility that each of us must create for ourselves. So the best that we can do for each other is to eliminate suffering or provide elation. So you can come in and tell a funny joke when I'm feeling kind of down and I can laugh and have a good time, but you're not making me happy. You're temporarily changing my mood and happiness isn't a mood. It's sort of a foundational place that you start from and either go up or down from, but then settle back into. So if you are consistently slightly positive for your overall average in any month, year, whatever, we would say you're a happy person. But happiness isn't something that can be measured moment by moment because I can still be a happy person while in this moment I'm really sad because a friend is suffering, for example. Once we understand these kinds of things and we stop thinking that we can make other people happy, then what people pleasers are left with is the admission that this is about me trying to get you to like me, trying to get you to approve of me. And God forbid people pleasers get approval. They do that extra little thing and then somebody notices and goes, hey, wow, that was awesome. Thanks for doing that thing. And now it's like a drug because you don't really know when you're going to get approval. You don't really know when you're going to get hit with that burst of dopamine that you get when somebody says, I noticed you. I noticed you and you did something nice. You're good. I think you're good. I like you. You don't know when that's coming. So it becomes random reward. And random reward is what makes slot machines and gambling and social media addicting. Random reward, the kind of reward that can't be predicted, is extremely addicting. And so now we throw addiction in with people pleasing where we've got somebody who doesn't really like herself that much wants to feel better about herself by getting other people to tell her things that she would never tell herself, like, you're a good person, I like you, you have value to me. She'd never tell herself that, so she needs other people to say it, and then it comes in randomly. Sometimes she does things that are really nice and people don't notice. Other times she does things that are really nice and people make a huge deal out of it, and then there are all the various levels in between. And that random reward now becomes addictive in something that was always starting from a really unhealthy place. This is hugely problematic for the people pleaser because now it's just solidified everything. At a really young age, she started dabbling in people pleasing. Then she realized that she could get those random dopamine hits from it. And now she's hooked. So she's off to go live her life like it's a performance. And especially in that really direct way, when you're focusing on one person and trying to please that one person by doing things like, you know, always agreeing, never saying no, going along with whatever they want to do, trying to figure out what they want you to do and doing it without them even asking, all of that stuff that just feels so good, except it's just all at her 
expense. So what happens when that exact person right there does all the work we've been talking about around here? Say she goes through the weakless challenge and she starts to really become weakless. What happens when that people pleaser becomes weakless? Well, she becomes really likable without caring whether or not she's liked. She is likable and she knows it because she knows what kind of human behaviors are likable. Go out into the world. Don't be a jerk. Hold doors for people. Smile when you make eye contact. Be kind in conversation. Try your hardest to never step on anybody's toes. Don't hurt anybody. If you can ever possibly avoid it, always do avoid it. And all of that is how we would describe somebody that we want in society with us. Somebody else that we want walking around in this great big thing that we call society and all getting along just fantastically. And that's as far as she pushes it. She eliminates all the nonsense she used to do where she was trying to figure out how to go beyond that and make people like her, make people happy. She just is likable. But is she liked? Sure. Lots of people like her, but she's not out keeping a tally. She's not trying to grow that number. She's not trying to force it. What do I need to be for you so that you will like me? That's a question that will never cross her mind. And obviously her self-care is much easier to push to the forefront because she doesn't say I should get in shape, but wait a minute, how's that going to affect everybody else in my world first? I need to make sure that everybody likes me just as much as they like me now. So let me get all that in place and and then I'll see where I can fit self-care into this life of people pleasing. All of that goes away and well, she has taken responsibility for her own happiness. Now she's out trying to figure out what will make her happy instead of trying to pretend that she's happy when everybody else is happy with her. Because no, she never was. All she was was chasing that next moment of her own elation of approval. I made somebody happy for a moment, she tells herself. So I feel good right now, but that doesn't last. So she's got to go do it again. All of that gets set aside when you become weakless. And like I said, self-care gets considerably easier. And in reality, you become somebody that is far more magnetic. You become somebody that people want to be around. You become somebody that people want as their confidant. Everybody can appreciate that person that bends over backwards for them, but they're not the type of people that you're magnetically drawn to. They're not the type of people that you see as a confidant in this world. They're just sort of this person that you kind of wish had more self-esteem, but she's really nice. I mean, she does lots of things for everybody. I mean, that's nice. We all notice that, but yeah, she obviously doesn't like herself that much. So she's not the person that I go to, to be my best friend or get advice from. She's the person I would go to, to wallow with. If she is my best friend and I'm that kind of person too, we'll spend most of our time complaining, but uh, she's not a go-getter. She doesn't have a lot of drive uh, and she's not that person that I just, you know, look at and would want to not only be friends with, but have her kind of also be a type of mentor. There's none of that going on. So to sum all that up, it's basically a respect thing. People have much deeper respect for those who have a lot of self-worth. And when you are a people pleaser, you're definitely not demonstrating a lot of self-worth. So stay on track with all of this stuff. Become weakless. You'll be able to set all this stuff aside and the benefits are myriad. 
you will really, really improve your relationship with yourself. And even though it may sound counterintuitive, I can promise you that your relationships with other people will improve too. So don't get off this path to becoming weakless. And if you want to really get on the path firmly, you're going to need the Discomfort Zone Workshop because that is where the weakless challenge is. And that challenge is the fast track to all of this. You can grab that in the show notes or you can just go to beweakless.com and grab it there. Otherwise, I hope I got you thinking. We're going to continue this series again next week and uh, we'll talk to you then. Take care.